When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Dan Lobby here with Mary Kay Cabot, and we are recording this on Tuesday morning, and the Browns are going to meet with Deshaun Watson later today. So Mary Kay, you and I decided that we needed to get together and record a uh, quick reaction pod, because this is sort of, look, this is a big moment. The Browns are, are obviously in on this. Um, there's a lot of ramifications. There's a lot to get into with Deshaun Watson, obviously, but this is sort of, we've kind of danced around it. I know you've written about it a number of times but this is sort of when it's like okay yes the browns are serious contenders and because they're flying to houston to meet with them seriously considering acquiring deshaun watson so as of about 10 o'clock in the morning on tuesday where do things stand well uh as you know i have been writing about this a lot since friday saying that the browns were doing their homework and that the browns are still exploring it or are exploring a trade and yesterday on Monday evening, after the Saints and Panthers talked to him, I wrote that the Browns were still involved in exploring this trade uh, because it was important to note that uh, no matter what anybody was hearing or saying, they were moving forward on this, taking the next step, trying to put together a trade package and present uh, Deshaun Watson and eventually the Texans with something that everybody will be in agreement with. I think they're all in. I don't think right now they would be going down there uh, and making this trip unless they had determined that they're ready to take on all of the ramifications of trading for Deshaun Watson. Uh, This is a big deal when you get to this point. And obviously if they pull off the trade, it's an enormous deal that could change the fortunes of the franchise for many years to come. So obviously, you know, if, if this were just a football trade, this were just a football story, this is a no-brainer, right? Like, yeah, okay, yeah, you're going to trade for Deshaun Watson. But the reality is the Browns are flying down there on Tuesday. They might already be there. They're having this meeting. Might have already had it by the time some people listen to this. On the same day that Deshaun Watson is, is going to do a deposition for these 22 civil lawsuits that he's facing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's a very real part of this. I, I guess what, what does it say about the Browns and how they view that situation that they're having this meeting with Watson? And should, do they feel comfortable with it? Is, are they still sort of in that exploratory phase? Well, I still think they're investigating. I still think they want to hear what Deshaun Watson is going to say today when he testifies under oath in a deposition today that involves 
two of the 22 civil cases against him. And uh, so I think they will be monitoring that very closely as will the other teams. But I still think that they've done enough of their own investigation, enough of their own vetting that they have a comfort level with Deshaun Watson. The fact that he was not charged criminally by the grand jury uh, on Friday, I think really opened the door for the Browns and other teams to, to dive in there and, uh, and take a chance on Deshaun Watson. So I think they have a comfort level with it. Again, it comes with uh, a lot of ramifications. It's going to come with a lot of PR backlash. It's going to come with a lot of things that I think that Deshaun Watson is going to have to do. And also it's probably going to come with a suspension by the NFL. Ultimately is, is it worth it? Because, you know, you're bringing him, this is, this is like, I mean, this is a big deal. This is, you're going to make this guy the face of your franchise. Mm-hmm. He's going to be, you've never paid a player as much money as you're going to pay Deshaun Watson. He's going to be the highest paid player in franchise history. Um, he is your quarterback. He is your guy. We know, we kind of know how the NFL cycle goes, right? This will be a story. Eventually he'll get on the field. He'll start playing and it, it's not going to go away, but people are going to focus more on the football than anything else, right? That, that's how these things go. Is that worth it in the, uh, just from a Browns perspective, is that worth it? Well, you know what, Dan, I will say if, if he is not, uh, you know, if he's not charged, convicted with, with any crimes and he is found to be innocent of this, then I would think that it is definitely worth it. Now, if he does, um, lose some of the civil suits. And if he is suspended by the NFL, that's where I think the work is going to have to come in for Deshaun Watson. That's where I think he's going to have to repair some of the damage, make restitution, make amends, uh, you know, repair his good name and image, get whatever counseling he might need. Uh, The Browns are going to have to do their work. Uh, But if he is not found of committing a crime in these, amid these accusations and allegations, and the Browns can get a comfort level with it, and they're super confident that nothing like this is going to happen going forward, then I actually think it could be worth it from a football standpoint. And like I said, a lot of work is going to have to be done all around. Uh, But if they find themselves with one of the very few rare elite quarterbacks in the NFL, and they can win some Super Bowls, and they feel confident that they're not trading for a, a criminal who has done these horrible, egregious things, then I think it would be worth it. I mean, there's a lot of risk in this, right? I mean, they're going to have to give up probably three first round picks at least Mm -hmm. maybe one or two seconds. Maybe, I mean, they're giving up a lot. They're basically tying themselves to Deshaun Watson and it still feels like we don't know, first of all, exactly what happened. I mean, mean, there are 22 civil lawsuits. Like Mm -hmm. 22 is a lot. And so you know, are, are they all truthful? I don't know, but 22 is a lot. And you're bringing in a guy and you're kind of selling out your franchise that you're just not a hundred percent certain that you're even going to have him for the first half of the season. At least you don't know what the future holds for him. I don't know. This is really risky. And I've been a big Deshaun Watson fan. I mean, look, after he beat Alabama at Clemson from the talent perspective, he's a top five quarterback. All this other stuff, I, I just don't know. I don't know if it's something that it, it's hard to say this because the Browns would win Super Bowls with him. But I don't know. I don't know if you bring a guy like that in. I don't know if you pay that price to take that risk and kind of get stuck 
being the team that has to pay for all these sins that he committed, if, if he did actually commit them. Yeah, and that's the hard part. It is very complicated, and they have been working really hard at it. Uh, I'm sure they've had all their security people involved. Uh, they've had other people involved, uh, investigators and things like that. They're doing everything that they can uh, to try to figure out if this is the right move because you are mortgaging your future. You're talking about, like you said, three first round picks and we'll get into the more of the details, but I understand so far that the Texans don't want Baker Mayfield in this deal, that they don't <laughs> want him to be their quarterback. So you're going to have to give up three first round picks and then you're going to have to try to trade Baker Mayfield somewhere and hope that you could get something decent in return for him to make up for some of the compensation that you're going to have to give to the Texans. And because of the fact that they're trading him within the AFC, which they don't really want to do, the Browns are going to have to pay a premium. They're going to have to give up a lot. They might have to, they're probably going to have to give up more than the NFC teams would. And it, it's just, it, it is a lot. It's complicated. And again, it comes with a lot of, uh, a lot of PR backlash. It comes with, you know, moral, ethical considerations that they're going to have to deal with. And it's going to have to come with, like I said, amends, restitution, work all the way around, counseling, whatever, you know, whatever it's going to take, depending now. I mean, he is maintaining his innocence. So he probably doesn't feel like he needs to make all that restitution and do all those kinds of things. But I think that all remains to be seen. I mean, if the NFL determines uh, based on their investigation that there was wrongdoing, then he is going to have to make restitution and amends and pay for, uh, you know, whatever it is that, that he has done. So again, it's very complicated. It is very controversial, but in the end, I mean, we've seen other guys uh, in the NFL overcome a criminal past transgressions against women. Uh, you know, we've seen it. It's not like this has never happened before in the NFL. Things like this have happened right within the AFC North. So, um, so yeah, I, it's a tough, it's a tough call, but I think they're prepared to make it. And, and their owner, one of their owners, their co-owner D Haslam, you know, she sits on that, on that conduct committee. And so, you know, she's right in the thick of it. And I don't think they would make this decision unless they have thoroughly vetted it and they feel that it's an okay thing to do. So you mentioned the compensation. Um, do you believe the Browns have the appetite to give up what could potentially be their next three first round picks? Again, I, you know, I kind of laid it out. You said Baker Mayfield probably wouldn't be involved. So you're talking a lot of draft picks, a lot of day one and two picks. And the Browns aren't one of those teams that have like three picks this year that they can throw at, at the Texans. They you know, would have to span a number of years. Do, you, do they have that appetite to, to give all of that draft capital up? I think so. I mean, I think it's, you know, we have watched other teams in the past couple of years go all in to win a Super Bowl. And that's kind of what it takes. The quarterback bar is so high now in the NFL that you really pretty much have to have an amazing elite quarterback if you are going to win a Super Bowl. And that's what the Browns want to do. That's what they're built to do. And that's why Andrew Berry's here. That's why Kevin Stefanski's here. That's what Jimmy Haslam wants. That's what this is all about. Uh, you look now, you see Tom Brady is back. Aaron Rodgers is still here. Russell Wilson is in the AFC. You've got Patrick Mahomes. I mean, there's never been a period in the NFL 
in my memory where there have been this many amazing quarterbacks in the league, right? I mean, it's pretty incredible. And the bar is incredibly high. If you want to get there, you need to have a quarterback like this. I'm not saying that that should overshadow or supersede anything that he may or may not have done off the field. They have to get a comfort level with that. They have to make sure that they get that right. They have to make sure that they're not bringing someone onto the team that is going to in any way going forward have misconduct of that kind. Can't have it. Cannot have it. Uh, so they, they have to know that that's just not going to be the case. And they're going to have to probably like really believe his innocence or believe he has paid for any wrongdoing, not just right. financial. Okay. Let, let's take a quick break and then let's discuss kind of Baker Mayfield and what this means for him mm-hmm. uh, going forward. I'm back on the Orange Brown Talk podcast. Dan Robbie and Mary Kay Cabot. Okay. So Baker Mayfield, you mentioned probably not involved in this trade. Uh, look, he wouldn't be on the roster if Sean Watson were on the roster. That's, they would have to figure out a way to move him. What If this doesn't happen, is the Baker-Mayfield relationship damaged beyond repair? Or is this one of those situations where it's kind of like, hey, you know what? We kicked the tires on, on some other guys. We looked around, didn't find anybody. You're back. Prove it. Can How does this go? You know what, Dan? I've been around this game for a very long time. Sometimes never isn't never. Sometimes you can't go home means you have to go home, right? I mean, that's how it works sometimes. And even though it seems like there would be no turning back to Baker Mayfield, if this trade doesn't happen, there might be a world in which they have to. And there might be a world in which Baker Mayfield has to come back here and put his head down and try to win some football games. Now, I don't think that should happen after this. I'm of the mind that it would be too hard for him, too hard for the Browns, too awkward, too, we didn't want you. We were 100% prepared to give up the world uh, and do anything we could to get to Sean Watson. I I feel like it would be time for a change if, if, you know, if they get him or if they don't. I, I really feel like it just doesn't make sense to me And I personally would not bring him back. I would find a way to move forward and give him an opportunity to go somewhere else without the distraction. I mean, he was rattled beyond recognition by the Odell Beckham Jr. saga last season. Okay. How do you think this is going to play? You know what I mean? Like that would be a really difficult thing to overcome. I think he would need a change of scenery after this. I think the Browns need a change of scenery after this. Sometimes when it feels like goodbye, you should let it be goodbye, (laughs) right? Sometimes when it seems like it's time to break up, break up. And that's what I would do. But again, they'd have to, if if the Deshaun Watson trade does not happen, and I think there probably is a, a fairly decent chance of it happening, but if it doesn't happen, then they'd have to find another quarterback. And we have been watching the quarterback market over the last few days, a few weeks. There's not a lot out there anymore. There is not a lot out there anymore. So I don't know what they would do at quarterback unless maybe, you know, maybe they go ahead and draft a quarterback at number 13. If, if this thing doesn't work out and, and go from there, I, you know, that might not be the worst idea in the world. 
whatever the case may be, and maybe you feel differently about this, Dan, I think that this, that this should be the end. Yeah, it, it, it probably should be. And I, look, I mean, we've been saying this, I mean, during the season, I think we were saying this, right? Like it, it was becoming clear that there was something off with this offense with Baker Mayfield, with Kevin Stefanski, there was something off, right? And you have your GM say, basically kind of put Baker on the spot and say he's going to play his best football after the bye week and then it doesn't happen um it's just all signs have been pointing to this that that he was at best going to be like a lame duck playing out that fifth year option and now everything that sort of happened here in the last few weeks just kind of reinforces it like they're they're actively looking to replace him and i don't think that's surprising if you've been paying attention Um, i mean i know they've kind of said all the right things but they're out there actively trying to replace him. So yeah, look, if you have to, if you have to go back to him by default, it is what it is. Baker hasn't really done anything in this league to merit being angry about this. Like Mm -hmm. he just hasn't, and he might be angry, but he hasn't merited. He hasn't done anything to merit saying, well, I'm not going to do that. No, you got to come back and prove it. You're getting paid $18 million, prove that they were wrong. And then you can do whatever you want. But I don't know. I don't know if this is something that you can repair. If he knows that you've been out there looking for other looking for other options so i'm kind of with you that this probably has to be the end of the road but you also do need a starting quarterback and and it can't be case keenum yes and you know what dan i mean you know the grief that i took even from you know baker himself uh who by the way i was told he that he never even read that column that i wrote which had a lot, right. I mean, he had, there were, there was a lot of pro Baker stuff in there where I tried to point out all the different extenuating circumstances that he's had to go through and why he wasn't necessarily overly thrilled with the events of last season. Um, But we know how that goes. People just read an aggregated headline or whatever, but anyways, um, you know, the point being is that, um, that Baker Mayfield might ask for a trade in the, after the events of, of today or last week or knowing what's going on. Right. I mean, they, they might just decide, you know what, if you can give us a chance to find something else, let us have at it. And that's what I was trying to say when I wrote that column too, that if things don't get better, there could be a world in which Baker Mayfield and his camp ask for a trade. And they were not happy last year. Just trust me on that. Okay. Like I don't write things like that without a lot of thought and with a lot of good sourcing. And he was disillusioned with a lot of things that went on last year. So it was a, it, it is a two-way street. I've been writing that since October. And now, you know, maybe they won't. Maybe, they'll, maybe he'll feel that his best option, if the Browns welcome him back, would be to come back and do what Jimmy Garoppolo did. Put your head down, go to work, and take your team to the NFC Championship game. Maybe that's what will have to happen, but, um, but I don't know. This thing isn't over yet and it's going to get interesting. So if, if the Watson thing doesn't happen, where do the Browns go? Are, are there still, I guess Garoppolo would be an option. Uh, they, they could draft someone we've talked about, uh, you know, we've talked about how some of these guys might not be ready um, this isn't necessarily a great class. If you drafted a Malik Willis, would you want to start him week one? Um, 
you know, he, he'd probably be the guy I'd want to draft. I just don't know if he's the guy you want to start week one, right? There's other guys who might be week more week one ready, but I don't necessarily love them long, long term as much as I would love Malik Willis. Could Derek Carr still become an option? Is there someone out there that maybe we don't know about who, who could become available? Where do the Browns go if the Deshaun Watson thing doesn't work out and Baker Mayfield doesn't want to be here? Well, it, it has been my understanding that Jimmy Garoppolo was not somebody that they uh, were hot on his trail. Okay. But who knows? I mean, maybe that changes in the event that, like you said, if Baker Mayfield doesn't want to come back or they don't want Baker Mayfield back and this thing doesn't work out, maybe Jimmy starts to look a little bit better to them. I don't think they viewed him as a clear cut upgrade over Baker, but uh, out of necessity, you know, things can change sometimes. Uh, so, you know, may, maybe that gets, revisited a little bit uh the Derek Carr situation they're intrigued by Derek Carr I mean who wouldn't be intrigued by Derek Carr Derek Carr is not Deshaun Watson but he's in that second tier I would put him more like in the next tier down okay um but Derek Carr there are extenuating circumstances there he would want a blockbuster extension not a deal breaker um but the Raiders would like to keep him they're going to have to pay him though Uh, But the other thing is, and I've written this, is that Josh McDaniels probably isn't going to be motivated to trade Derek Carr to the Cleveland Browns. They passed him over for the Browns head coaching job in 2020. It's another AFC team. And I don't see them uh, really too super eager to do something like that. Doesn't mean they won't. I mean, if the offer is good enough, uh, you know, everybody kind of has a price. So that's another one that I would keep an eye on. And I actually think that that's, you know, I think that'd be amazing to have Derek Carr here. You know, I mean, Deshaun Watson, from a talent standpoint, I think that's amazing. But all the other stuff, you know, kind of gives would give anyone pause, even the Browns, of course. Derek Carr comes with, you know, one rung down from the top tier guys and impeccable character. I mean, just impeccable character, no off the field baggage, no complaints, all the good leadership that you would be looking for. So I think that would be a tremendous option. As far as some of the other guys, I mean, maybe Marcus, Marcus Mariota is somebody that you could look at. Um, I, there are not that many other guys. There, there aren't that many other players out there that would fit the he can come in and start for us category. Yeah, Mariota isn't. You could maybe do the Mariota and then draft pick mm-hmm. deal. Right. Maybe that maybe like kind of like what, what the Steelers might end up doing with Mitch. Um, maybe you could do something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's going to be interesting. And, and I guess to circle this back around, I mean, are the Browns almost in a spot where it's like they have to do this? Have they kind of put themselves in a position where if, if Deshaun Watson says, yes, I'll go to Cleveland and mm-hmm. the Texans say, yes, we'll trade him to an AFC team. Are the Browns basically in a position where they have to pull the trigger on this deal? Yes. Yes. You don't fly down there and meet with him and, and do all of this if you're not ready to pull the trigger on the deal. The only thing that could derail it is if they find something right. in, in this situation, off the field, in his legal situation, that makes it completely untenable for them. But they must be very comfortable with, with what they have found so far and what, with what the grand jury found. And therefore, I think they're ready to... I think it's go time for them. And I actually think they have probably one of the best presentations of any of the teams. 
if you can get in front of, I mean, those guys do a nice sales job. You get in front of Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry and Jimmy Haslam, and you start talking about Miles Garrett, and you start talking about Denzel Ward, Nick Chubb, you know, Kareem Hunt, David Njoku. It, it looks it, it looks pretty good. Amari Cooper. Okay. I mean, Amari Cooper right. makes this a completely tantalizing package for Deshaun Watson. That's so vitally important to have a guy like that, an elite receiver. I mean, those two guys together, you don't think you'd have your, you know, sort of Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs combo there with those two? It would be dynamite. It would be absolutely dynamite. And I'm sure Deshaun Watson will see the wisdom in that and also know that more is on the way. They're going to add to the receiver room. They're trying to make this passing game quickly jettison it into 2022. And they're coming big and we'll, we'll just see if they can pull it off. All right. Well, there we go. Uh, buckle up, Browns fans. It's going to be a, a very interesting probably 48 hours here as, uh, as this Deshaun Watson situation unfolds. And then if it doesn't work out for the Browns, what it could mean beyond that. So uh, things are going to start to move very quickly. The new league year opens at four o'clock on uh, Wednesday. And of course, we're in that legal tampering period. So who knows, Mary Kay, anything could happen here over the next 40. Of course, the Browns also made a trade today. Uh, sending Mac Wilson to New England for uh, for Chase Winovich, which, which is interesting. Um, he was really good in 2020, not so good in 2021, but that's a really interesting uh, acquisition too, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into at some point on this podcast, but uh, there were bigger fish to fry here on uh, on this edition. So uh, make sure you're subscribed to the Orange and Brown Talk feed wherever you listen to pods in case we need to do another emergency pod or something like that. And make sure you're a Football Insider subscriber as well, cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner page. Mary Kay, I will talk to you later. Sounds great.